book of Acts and uh, find Acts chapter number one uh, in the New Testament and uh, we'll look at one verse and we'll carry on with the thought that we've had uh, throughout uh, the weekend and uh, I was uh, very thankful uh, that uh, Brother David uh, came and, uh, and spoke to our church. Uh, he loves our church. And uh, most preachers do, and uh, they wouldn't have. Most preachers wouldn't have a church like ours, but they love it. All right. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, I didn't put them out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be all right. Don't. No. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I have enjoyed uh, getting to know him, and uh, that was not the first time we'd met. Uh, but uh, me and him kind of uh, uh, the first time that we got together was on Zoom. And uh, if y'all know anything about that, uh, I would love to have some knowledge on it because I know nothing about it, all right? And so if it wasn't for Brother Malcolm being here with us and our secretaries, I couldn't get on the computer and talk to somebody. But anyhow, uh, uh, that was a couple of meetings with him on that and just talking to him and getting to know him. And uh, anyhow, uh, Brother Malcolm introduced us and uh, man, he, he, uh, we set this up for him to come. Uh, he paid for uh, mine and Michelle's trip uh, down there. I was going to pay for Dalton and Lauren to go too, and they uh, got sick on us back in November. And uh, he asked me, uh, and I think I'm going to do it, he's asked me to go with him uh, to Africa in July. And uh, once again, he was like, Preacher, I'll pay for everything. You ain't got to do anything, and, uh, but, but get on the plane and go. And so y'all pray. I've been praying about it, and, uh, but uh, this is something that we are uh, jumping into as far as missions goes. And uh, the area that he wants to send uh, our support to is where he's wanting me to visit. And uh, anyhow, they're taking a trip out there in July, and uh, it is in uh, Muslim country. And uh, so uh, anyhow, that's going to be interesting. I may not come back, and, uh, uh, but uh, it, it, just know this. Your preacher fought his way if he died over there, all right? And uh, I, I died of fighting, all right? <clears throat> but anyhow, Acts chapter number one, if you're there, I want you to say amen. amen. All right, we're going to look at one verse. Okay, and of course you probably already figured out that verse and know what that verse is going to be with the topic of missions and, uh, and us talking about missions. We're going to look at verse number eight. How many of you are familiar with verse number eight? It better be everybody, all right, because I promise you, this ain't the first time I preached on Acts chapter number one, verse number eight. This ain't the first time uh, somebody in this church has mentioned it. So I'm pretty sure everybody in here is familiar with this verse, all right? And uh, just to get the context of what's going on, this is uh, Jesus' last words on earth. He is beginning, uh, or he is fixing to ascend into heaven uh, for the last time as far as his ministry on earth until the rapture. And here in Acts chapter number 1, uh, we'll probably read starting uh, verse number 6, or verse number 5, we'll start our reading and go down through verse number 8, and uh, just so you can get a little bit of the context, but, but everything will be out of chapter, or ver, chapter 1, verse number 8 uh, tonight. The Bible says, For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? 
And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power or in his own authority. In other words, here is what Jesus is saying. Only the Father knows this. We, 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 we are, uh, man, I, I got so much I'd love to say right here uh, about uh, Jesus and his subjection uh, to the Father. Uh, he was obedient to the Father. And uh, many of us, uh, even, I, I ain't got time to, to preach this, uh, but if you go in there in the relationship that he had with the Father, he said, man, I, uh, I'm a father of one, right? But yet, he still was submissive to the will of the Father. Not my will, but thine be done. And so uh, a, a very interesting relationship that Jesus had here. But even in this, uh, Jesus is telling us, as or the, the scripture here is telling us, the men wanted to know, when is this time going to take place? And Jesus said, it's not for you to know. And this is under the authority of the Father. And he knows, and he'll, he'll let us know when it's ready. Is everybody with me? Now, there was a reason I brought all that out. Because many of us, if we knew, we'd wait till the last minute to do it. I need somebody to help me. We procrastinate worse than anybody in the world. So if we knew when Jesus was coming back, if we knew when the rapture was going to take place, if we knew when we were going to die, if we knew what we were supposed to be doing as far as 10 years down the road from now, we'd all mess it up. I need somebody to help me. Uh, we learned that last week with Jeroboam. Remember, Jeroboam was promised the kingdom, and Jeroboam then tried to do it on his own, and uh, of course he made a mess of that. And so if there's any good teaching on that, uh, they go to the life of Jeroboam, and you can see that when you know what's coming, you will mess it up. And they wanted to know, but God, Jesus here, would not tell them. But in verse number 8, he gives them instructions. He says, but ye shall receive power. In other words, what's fixing to happen is going to, be, is going to happen because of something that I'm going to give you. Ye shall, does everybody say that? It implies that they don't have it yet. Ye shall receive power. It means that it wasn't there yet. Is everybody with me? All right. He says, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. There's coming a day, Jesus said. You don't know the end of time, but there's coming a day, and it will be soon that the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And ye shall receive power. That power is going to come from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. You're the only one that knows. All right. So that power is going to come from the Holy Ghost. All right. The Bible says this, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I noticed about this, he did not tell them that you will become witnesses, or that you are commanded. This wasn't a command to be witnesses. This was an instruction to them that they would be witnesses because of the Holy Ghost. Is everybody with me? Uh, man, I got to thinking about this thing. I, ain't, I, I don't know that I'll bring this out in this, but I got to thinking about this. And uh, uh, the Bible says that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he says, ye shall be witnesses. So the question is, if you're saved in here and the Holy Ghost lives inside of you, what kind of a witness are you? Amen. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Are you one that brings somebody to the Lord or are you one that 
because you are a witness. You're not becoming a witness. You're not instructed and commanded to begin witnessing. The Bible says Jesus told them that when the Holy Ghost came upon them, they would be witnesses. Oh, I need somebody to help me. Now, if we say we're saved, then the Holy Ghost has come upon us. So what kind of witness are we? The Bible, I, I, I want tonight, just for a few moments, we're going to talk about missions. And I want to, uh, to go through it just for a little bit, try to clear, clarify some things and help us out. Every Christian, I, I, I wrote this out, and maybe it'll be a blessing to you and to help you right here to understand where we're headed. But every Christian can do their part in missions. By understanding the mind of Christ concerning missions. See, most of us don't understand missions, and so we don't participate in missions. You may not know this, you may know this, but we support more than 60 missionaries right here in our church. They're supported to go out unto the uttermost. We support them annual or monthly rather, at $100 a month. 60-something missionaries get $100 a month, and it doesn't come out of our tithes and offerings that are given to the church. It comes through our mission program. Now, you may be in here and you say, well, I only give a tithe to the church. I thought the church would just pay the missionaries out of the tithe, but that's not how it's done. Is everybody all right? Y'all don't get quiet on me. I know who ain't giving, all right? So how do we give to missions? We give to missions as an offering, a sacrifice, if you will. We give a tithe because the Lord commands it. That's right. Oh, I'm a, I, hey, we can preach it if you want me to, all right? I love it when people get all upset with me and they tell me, now, that was an Old Testament thing. It was the law, but it goes way back before the law. Jacob gave a tithe to the Lord way before Moses ever came along. Abraham gave a tithe to uh, a Mechizedek way before Moses come along. Is everybody all right? So it's not an issue of law. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord's. Amen. Amen. Say amen. So we have a responsibility to give the tithe because the tithe is the Lord's. But we also have a responsibility to this verse. This verse tells us that we are to be witnesses. We're to be witnesses in Jerusalem, which would be our local area right here in Lake Park. We are to be witnesses. We will be witnesses. Is everybody all right? We'll either be witnesses for God or we'll be witnesses that will drive people away from God. We're to be witnesses in Samaria and Judea. This is our surrounding areas, maybe even the U.S., if you will. And uh, we have missionaries that we support that are uh, here in the U.S. But then the Bible tells us that we're to go into the uttermost part of the earth. And we're to be a witness. We're to tell somebody. I need, Y'all help me now. Don't get quiet on me. We, we've heard this preaching before. We have a responsibility to reach the uttermost. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. Uh, uh, I'm not real sure that mission programs, not just ours, but mission programs in general are reaching the uttermost. That's one thing that I love about Brother uh, uh, David. It's one thing I loved about what they're doing. They're reaching people <laughs> that nobody else is going in there to. 
They're doing it in a manner as the Bible has instructed it. We do things. We send a missionary over there. We pay a missionary a salary. Bunch of churches paying a missionary a salary, and he goes over there and plants a church that's an American church. Is everybody all right? On foreign soil. So they can't send us letters and they say, oh, we need, we need a soundboard. For what? We need, is everybody all right? Don't get mad at me, all right? I'm not hating on missionaries, but are we really reaching the uttermost? <laughs> if all we're doing is going over there and planting one church on foreign soil and asking everybody to come to one church, it really ain't reaching nobody but the people in that local area. And we have a responsibility in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost. So how do we do this, preacher? Good, I'm glad you asked, all right? I know you didn't, but you're going to like it, all right? Either way, I don't care. All right, so uh, first off, I want you to know, how can we do this? Understanding the mind of Christ. First off, I want you to understand the heart of God. I want you to understand the heart of God concerning missions. If we understand the heart of God, then we can understand what our role is in this. The Bible says his commission, according to uh, Luke chapter number 19, verse number 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. There's a lot of folks in here that believe that Jesus came to, to, to do all this and do that, programs and everything else, but he came for one purpose, and that was to seek and to save that which was lost. You understand the whole purpose that he came was to come and die for those that were lost, to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. That's his heart. His heart is people. His heart's not a church building. His heart's not a program, a mission, uh, uh, this program or that program, some kids' program, some Sunday school, some small groups or anything of that nature. His, his mission, his commission, why he came here was to seek and to save that which was lost. So what are we doing as a church to help fulfill what his heart was doing? Is everybody all right? Stay with me now. When was the last time we witnessed with somebody? When was the last time you told somebody, hey, Brother David was staying away from it. He was trying to stay away from it. Didn't want to put any conviction on us whatsoever. But when was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? Say, well, preacher, I invited somebody to church. How many times do we invite somebody to church that already goes to church because we know they're an easy target? I need somebody to help me. We'll go talk to somebody that, 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 that obviously goes to another church or whatever and we'll ask them, look here, we're not trying to move church members from one church to the next. That's not what we're here for. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was... Say, preacher, well, they go to church, they might not be saved. <laughs> I, I, and you're right, they might not be. But I'm going to say this, there's a greater chance of finding somebody that don't go to church that ain't saved than finding somebody that's an easy target because they do go to church and asking them to come over here to ours. His commission, his heart was to seek and to save that which was lost. His compassion you go throughout Scripture and you'll find His compassion when it came to the multitude. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter number uh, uh, 9 and verse number 36, but when He saw the multitudes, He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. 
Matthew chapter number 14, verse number 14, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. Matthew chapter number 15, verse 32, Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat and I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. Luke chapter 23 and verse 34 said, then, sin, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. I don't know if you were getting what I was doing right there, but we went in a progression throughout his life. And each time he proved to us that he had compassion on the people, even in the last verse that I read to you when he was hanging on the cross and they had placed him on that cross, he still had compassion on the people and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. His compassion never failed throughout all of his ministry. When he seen the multitude, he had compassion on them. As those that have no shepherd, those that are scattered, you realize so many people are going to die and go to hell that me and you have come into contact with? God has put us in their life. God has put us at their, wherever they are at this specific time. And we may be the only hope they have of hearing the gospel. But if our mind and our heart isn't like the mind of Christ and we're just going to go through life and it's all going to be about us and hey, everybody else just fend for themselves. Come on, I need somebody to help me. We got that mentality, don't we? I mean, when we got in the woods, we, we walking around in the woods and a bear jumps out. I ain't got to run, I ain't got to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. And I ain't really got to outrun you because I'm going to tell y'all something about survival. <laughs> I can walk faster than you can if your leg's broken. I need somebody to help me. Some of y'all need, is everybody all right? That's our mentality. As long as it ain't me, it's all right. I'm going to walk over here and say it on this side. As long as it isn't me, it's all right. But it's not all right. We've been saved and we have the same commission as he did to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for our children's programs. I'm thankful for Sunday school. I'm thankful that we can gather together in communion. I'm thankful that we can gather together in fellowship. But our purpose is to reach the lost. It's his commission. Seeking to save that which was lost. It was his compassion. I noticed his communion. Is everybody all right? Hey, you would think that Jesus just hung. I mean, if we were doing things, we would just hang around with people <laughs> that are like us. Amen. I'm going to go over and say it on this side. I mean, it's easier, Jesse, if we just hang around people that are just like us. But I don't find that in Scripture. I don't find that how Jesus done that. Is everybody all right? Brother Jake mentioned Jesus was sinless. He was perfect. He was without sin. <laughs> but you know who he hung around? The Bible says in Matthew chapter number 9 and verse 12 and 13, But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. 
But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. But he was sinless. But yet, he come to sinners. Somebody better say amen. But God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John chapter number 4, verse number 17 and 18, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well, yeah, thou hast well said, I have no husband. Husband, before thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. Perfect, pure, without sin. He must needs go through Samaria to go get him a Sunday school teacher. To go talk to a pastor. To go hook up with a deacon and have fellowship. No. To sit down on a well with a woman that was not wanted in the city. A woman that was not accepted in the city. A woman that had been divorced five times and was shacked up with somebody. And he must needs go through Samaria. Luke chapter number 7, verse number 37. I preached on this here not long ago. The Bible says, And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. Later, in verse number 47, Jesus says, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Of all the people that could have showed up, a prostitute did. <laughs> and Jesus defended her. Is everybody all right? We see his commission, we see his compassion, we see his communion, but we see his companions. The Bible tells us that, boy, he had a ragged bunch. I need somebody to help me. The Bible says that it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called unto him his disciples and one of, and of them he chose 12, whom also he named apostles, Simon, whom he also named Peter. This was the guy that was naked fishing. This was the guy that denied him three times. This was the guy that cussed when he was caught. Is everybody all right? And Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called Zelotus, and Judas, the brother of James, and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. That's who he kept company with. Oh, roughneck fisherman. Publicans, which by the way in your Bible are tax, I need somebody, they're like IRS tax officials. I need somebody to help me. They're the lowest of low. They're the worst of all people. Still today. Amen. If you work for the IRS, shame on you. Shame on you. You need to be saved. But this was the type of people that he hung out with. I say all that for this reason. We're not to just go and try to get folks that are like us. 
And the reason that I say that is because you can identify somebody that is like you and you will go and you will say, hey, why don't you come to my church? Well, I would, but I go to a church. And you just think you got off easy because you was a witness, but you knew going into that thing, they already was going somewhere. Boy, we won't walk up to a biker. Say, let me tell you about Jesus. Hush, Frank. Everybody knows you will. <laughs> I need somebody to help me. We won't walk up to somebody out there I, 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 that's at the, I, at the boat ramp with a beer in her hand. <gasps> I need somebody to help me. You won't witness somebody's got a beer in their hand. Oh, yes, I will preach. How many of you done it with? Mm. Get out there on the golf course. Here they come cussing and carrying on with a beer in their hand. We ain't telling them about Jesus. Come on, y'all. I don't know what you women do. I'm thankful I don't, too. But we find people that are just like us to try to ease our mind when it comes to missions. The fact of the matter is, Jesus didn't hang out with people that was just like him. He didn't come and seek out people that was just like him. He come to the lowest of lows, me included. We see the heart of God. His heart is people. That's what, that's what ministry is about. It's about people. It's about seeking and saving that which is lost. I can't save him. He has. He's already done the work of that. But you and I, we got to tell somebody about him. We see the help of God in this verse. We see the heart of God in this verse. We're to be witnesses. We see the help of God in this verse. After that, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. It's a personal help. I need somebody to help me. The Bible tells us in John chapter number 14 and verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. For he dwelleth in you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. John chapter number 14, verse 16 through 18. There's a help. It's personal. He's in us. I need somebody to help me. Jesus says, I will come unto you. How? Through a comforter. That comforter that dwells in you. He, for he dwelleth with you, with you, and shall be in you. Do you know they didn't have the power to be witnesses until the Holy Ghost come upon them? Acts chapter number 2, the Holy Ghost came upon them, 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people got saved, 3,000 people got baptized, 3,000 people joined the church. Why? Because the Holy Ghost came upon them. How many of you saved in the building? Raise your hand. Everybody raise your hand. If you saved, raise your hand. As soon as you got saved, the Holy Spirit came upon you. The same power that was given to Peter, the same power that was given to the apostles lives in you, lives in me. I'm preaching to me just bad as I'm preaching to you. Don't I tell you, me and him have been having conversations about this. 
We have that power living inside of us, the help of God. God said, I want you to be witnesses, but I'm not going to make you do it on your own. You're going to be witnesses after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I'm sending a comforter. He'll dwell with you. He'll be in you. I will come to you. I will not leave you comfortless. That power that you need to be a witness is inside of you. It's a personal help. Preacher, I can't do that. I just can't talk to people. Sure you can. You can talk to somebody. It's just a matter of what subject you want to talk about. Some of you talk my ear off when it comes to work. Talk my ear. Preacher, let me tell you my whole life story. I don't need to know your whole life story. We are not Catholics. You do not have to confess to me. I need somebody to help me. I'm not a priest. (laughs) I'm a pastor just like you. I get up in the morning and put my pants on just like you do. I go out and I fight the same battles you do, but I have the same intercessor that you do if you're saved. And I can go to him and I can tell him everything. I don't have to go to you. I don't have to confess my sins to you. I don't have to do all that. I have an intercessor that sits on the right hand of the Father on my behalf. And the Bible says if I confess my sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I do not have to have a priest do all this and everything else so I can be free or forgiven. It's a personal, personal help, but it's a public help because he says that when he comes upon you, you will be witnesses. You will be. You're not going to become witnesses. As soon as he, man, y'all got to help me. As soon as he comes upon you, Dalton, you'll be a witness. You shall be a witness. Why is that so hard for us? If we shall be witnesses, why ain't we being witnesses? It's a public help. It's not just a personal help. It's a public help. You know why it's a public help? Because the world needs to know. And you're being a witness. You claim to be saved. The Holy Spirit's living inside of you. The Holy Spirit's living inside of you. Ye shall receive power. What you going to do with it? Be a witness. Do you all understand the difference that I'm making here? I'm not saying that you're to go out and tell somebody you are a witness if you are saved. You're a witness. Whether you're telling somebody about him or if you're hiding him under a bushel. You're witnessing to the world. You're either saying he's the most important thing in my life or he ain't worth talking about. He's the greatest thing that ever happened to me or he ain't even worth talking about. What are we telling the world? What does the world say about Calvary Baptist Church when they think about Calvary Baptist Church? They say, boy, them people sure do love the Lord. Or are they saying, boy, them people sure do just want you to come to church. Are we Christ-centered or are we church-centered? I need some difference. I need somebody to help me. Our ministries are to be Christ-centered. It's all about Him. And if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. That's what Jesus said. And I, even I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. 
You know how we lift him up? By telling somebody about him. When was the last time you had a conversation to mention Jesus? We see the heart of God. We got to remember we're understanding the mind of Christ concerning missions. We see the heart. We see his heart. His heart is people. We see his help. He's given us a help to do what he's asked us to do. I see the heart of God, the help of God, but lastly, the hands of God. The hands of God. So how do we do it, preacher? First, we notice the, the, the people. But ye. Everybody raise your hand if you are ye. <laughs> That's us. If we got saved, we got the power, we got the Holy Spirit. Some, everybody say, I got the power. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got the power. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> I, I always wanted to do that. Be like T.D. Jake. Turn to your neighbor, slap your neighbor and say, I got the power. Don't slap him. <laughs> the people, it's you, it's me, us, the hands of God. Hey, are y'all understand what I'm saying? That understanding the hands of God. He's ascended to the Father. You and I are left. We are his hands and we are his feet. We're plan A. There's not a plan B. Either we get the gospel out or it doesn't get out. I get asked this question all the time. Preacher, what about all the people that's never heard the gospel? Shame on us. Shame on those before us. Because from the Old Testament all the way through the gospels, all the way to the rapture, God has placed the responsibility of telling others about Him on us. Our question shouldn't be, what about the people that's never heard about Christ? Our question should be, why haven't they heard about Him? <laughs> Say, preacher, I ain't got no control over it. Sure you do. Because we're to be witnesses. Come on, help me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. We, we have that responsibility. The people. We're the hands of God. The places. We've seen all three places. We've already discussed this till it's over. I, 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 can't, even, I can't even discuss it anymore. You've got it figured out, right? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Uttermost, y'all see what it all, y'all understand? We got a responsibility to the whole world. Let me just sum it up. The places where to be a witness, the places that were to be the hands of God is everywhere. Come on, y'all help me. The places is everywhere. I need somebody to help me. We can, be a, can we be a witness in, 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 in Lake Park? Yeah, because I'm here. Can I be a witness? Come on, y'all help me. Can somebody in here be a witness in Valdosta? Yeah, because you work there or either you live there. Can somebody be a witness in Jasper? Yeah, because you work there or you live there. Can somebody be a witness over in Madison? He ain't here tonight, but yes. <laughs> All right. And he is. <laughs> I, I don't know where you're from, but we can be witnesses in our Jerusalem. We can be. What about Judea and Samaria? Oh, yeah, we can be, but we're not there. I mean, I can't go out on the streets of Birmingham, Alabama and talk to somebody tomorrow. 
I will be traveling to Gatlinburg, Tennessee tomorrow. I can talk to somebody in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I can talk to people on my way all the way up there. But the fact of the matter is, is that I can only be effective and most days going to be effective in my Jerusalem. I can't go to the uttermost. I might go visit, but I'm coming home. I need somebody to help me. Y'all better help me tonight. I may go visit, but I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm going to be looking forward to getting home and laying in my bed. I'm going to be looking forward to getting home and seeing my wife and my kids and my grandkids and my dogs pulling into my driveway, driving down my my, my, my driveway and, and, and pulling up to my house. I, I, man, I'm going to be looking forward to that. I may end up going on this trip to Africa, but the whole time I'm over there, I'm going to be, man, I sure would like to be back at Lake Park. Amen. So while I may be a witness for a time, the truth of the matter is, is that my most effective place of witness is going to be right here in my Jerusalem. Is everybody with me? That's where God's placed me. So I'm to be the hands of God. I'm the people. I'm the place. But the prompting of it, after the Holy Ghost come upon you. I asked y'all how many of y'all were saved. Everybody raise their hand. You know what that means? When you got saved, the Holy Ghost came upon you. So what am I supposed to do of this? When am I supposed to be the hands of God? The moment you get saved. The moment you get saved is my responsibility to tell somebody about him. So the question is, who are you going to tell tomorrow? I didn't ask you who's going to invite the church. Who are we going to tell tomorrow? If we're to be in a witness, if we're to be a witness tomorrow, if we're to be a witness in our Jerusalem, who are we going to tell tomorrow? Say, well, everybody that I come in contact with is saved. Everybody all right? Some of y'all need to write this on your refrigerator tomorrow. I must needs go to Walmart. <laughs> Look at me. We make all kind of excuses as to why we can't come in contact with somebody that is lost. I live in a perfect little bubble. And nothing ever happens. Everybody that I know is saved. We're just this blessed people and we just float around with our little halos and everything else. Is everybody all right? Meanwhile, your neighbor's going to hell. Meanwhile, the kid down the street's going to hell. Meanwhile, the places that you go, people are going to hell. The place you work at, people are going to hell. Restaurant that you frequent. That waitress is going to hell because she's never heard somebody tell her about Jesus. All she's been confronted with, come go to my church. We go down to the Catholic church. Come go to my church. We go down to the church of God. Come down to my church. We go down to the Methodist church. Come down to my church. We go to the non-denominational church. We just don't even know who we are. Come, come, come go to my church. We go to the Baptist church. And you ask him, hey, are you saved? Yeah, I've been saved. I went down to the Baptist church. You saved? Yeah, I went down to the Methodist church. I need somebody to help me. I thank God they can get saved in those churches, but I need somebody to hear me right here. My responsibility ain't to invite them to church. My responsibility is to introduce them to God. Introduce them to Christ. If I be, even I, if I be lifted up, 
I would draw them into me. Now the process. So we're to be witnesses in Jerusalem. We can do that. Somebody help me. Thank you, Frank. Somebody help me. We can be witnesses in Jerusalem. We can be witnesses to Judea and Samaria in our remissions program, can we not? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We can even do that personally if we get out of Lake Park and get out of our area, all right? So how do we go to the uttermost? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> all right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verses 1 through 7. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, verses 1 through 7. This is a great passage of Scripture. Can you get us there, Miss Carrie, if you will, 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. I'm going to read from verse 1. Down to verse 7, these are the last verses we're going to be looking at tonight. But as we look at these verses, I want you to see how these people responded to the gospel. We're talking about the churches of Macedonia. Everybody got me? These were Gentile churches. These were Gentile churches. These churches were established on Paul's second missionary journey. The Bible tells us about these churches of Macedonia. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. It's important about that grace. That theme's going to stick with this. Verse number two. How that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy... And their deep, say it with me, poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Everybody look at me. This passage of scripture is talking about their giving. I knew it was going to get quiet as moment I said it. Knew it was going to get quiet. This passage of scripture, Paul is talking about this church that was in great poverty and they're giving. Seems like an oxymoron. They had nothing to give, but yet he's exhorting them because of their giving, exalting them, bragging on them, saying this church had nothing these churches were in deep poverty, but yet they give. Is everybody with me? Verse number three. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive, look at it, the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. These people took up an offering. And then they begged Paul to take that offering. How? To minister to others. Is everybody ready? Verse number five. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. And unto us by the what? Will of God. Is everybody with me? They first give themselves to the Lord. Here I am, Lord. I ain't got much to give, but here I am, Lord. I don't have much in the bank, but here I am, Lord. 
and to us by the will of God. What's God's will for missions? What's his heart? Come on, help me. To seek and to save the lost. That's what he wants to do. That's his will. He wants to save the lost. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish. That's the will of God. They gave themselves to God and unto us by the will of God. What's God's will? Seeking to save that which was lost. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Paul's writing to this church at Corinth and he's saying this same grace, that grace that he's talking about is their giving. He's saying we were hoping, we are desiring that Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you this same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. What's that? What grace was it? Giving. Giving. Everybody with me? How many of you mad at me because I talked about money on a church night? Oh, man, I can't even believe it. All that church is, they want money, they want money, they want money. I'm to be a witness in Jerusalem. I can do that. I'll be a witness in Judea and Samaria. I can do that. I can send my money. I can do that. But I got to be a witness to the uttermost. That's right. And that's what these boxes are about. Say, preacher, I want to start a church. I'm excited about it. I want to start a church. We still got to support missionaries. We got 67 missionaries that we've committed to support. We got to support them too. Say, preacher, I give $200 a month to missions, but I'm going to put it in a box. No, that ain't what, that ain't what this is about. We got to support the missionaries that we've committed to support so that they can Preach uttermost. So where do these boxes come into play, preacher? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says that they gave themselves to the Lord. God, here I am. I ain't got nothing to give. I'm in deep poverty. I need somebody to say amen. Amen. Don't act like you ain't, all right? Because in our current administration, everybody's in deep poverty, all right? You just don't know it yet, all right? It's going to sneak up on you, and you'll be like, where's all the money going? You'll be like, well, you voted Democrat. That's where it went. Man, I I need y'all to get this, and I'm done. I need you to get this. I said, here we are, Lord. We ain't got nothing to give. We're in deep poverty, but we want, we want to do your will. So how's it going to take place? This is a way for us to reach the uttermost. These boxes, we got them in. You can take them home. You can make your little box. This represents a church 
for $400, you can start a church. But it ain't. It ain't so we can take away from missionaries that we already committed to support. Stay with me. So preacher, how do we do it? In great poverty, they gave themselves to the Lord and to the will of God. Let me do it for you. Are you all ready? God, I know your will is to reach the uttermost. God, I know your will is to seek and to save that which is lost. God, by faith, I'm already tapped out and given. But God, I know you have the power. And I know your will is people. God, I'm trusting that you will fill that box. I need somebody to help me. I'm so excited about this, I about can't stand it. If you've ever been through a, if you've ever been through a double tie Sunday around here, man, you know how many testimonies of people said, man, I was just, I, I, this week, I just got a check from here, or I got a check from there. Or that, that's how these boxes work. That's how these boxes work. Maybe you help somebody and they give you $200, put it in a box. Y'all better help me. Maybe somebody helps you out. Maybe somebody does this and we say, God, now, whatever you give, God, I ain't got it to give, but Lord, if you give it to me, I put it in that box. I ain't got the power to do it. Hey, I'm not asking you. We, this, is not, this is not something we want you to budget. I'm going to say it over on this Amen. side. This is not something we want you to budget into your... I had somebody already message me and say, Preacher, I ain't going to be able to give. I don't have... Hey, listen here. You're missing what it was saying. You're missing what we're trying to help you with right here. This is to increase your faith. Go back to, go back to Acts chapter number 1, verse number 8. This is to increase our faith. God, I ain't got the power to do it, but I'm willing God, I know your will is to seek and to save that which is lost. And Lord, I, want, I know that you want me to reach the uttermost. God, this is a way that I can reach the uttermost. Will you help me? That's right. But ye shall receive. Y'all better help. But ye shall, read the screen. But ye shall receive. Let me tell y'all something. Get your kids involved. Watch this. Everybody all right? I got a little kid in here. Is there any little kids in here? Come here, come here, come here, sweetheart. Come here, come here, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. I'm so glad. Now, this little girl, come on, come on, stand up here with me. Can y'all see her? Everybody see her? She said, what's your name? Hannah. Hannah wants to start her church. <laughs> Hannah, you want to start a church? Sure, she said, sure. She wants to start a church. Hannah, she probably, I, I don't know, maybe she's got some money in her piggy bank back at the house. Maybe it's 20 bucks. Hannah takes her 20 bucks and puts her 20 bucks in here. Hannah, I want you to go to that man right there. And I want you to tell him that you want to start a church. <laughs> right here, right here, not, not him. He ain't got no money. Right here to this man right here. You tell him, tell him, Hannah, tell him you want to start a church. You're trying to start a church for Jesus. Everybody's getting scared because you think I'm sending Hannah to you next. <laughs> hey, y'all ain't got to give her money. We're just doing an, I, I'm just giving an illustration. Do y'all understand? 
If Hannah wants to start that church, Hannah can start that church. And God will provide the money. for. She ain't got no job. Come here, Hannah. Come on, come on. Hannah, where you work at? No, where, how much money do you make per hour? I don't know. You don't know? You know how much money your mama pay you per hour to be Hannah? A hundred. Oh, wow. Tighten up, mama. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> who else needs a job? <laughs> I need a hundred dollars to be preacher. Amen. <laughs> it's okay. She probably don't get nothing. I need, I, she probably got a mama like I got. Is everybody all right? You did because you was told to do or you got killed. All right. And it, so would you say that she don't have the means to fill the box? I need somebody to help me right here. I bet she fills a box before you do. Because who in the world is going to look at that adorable little girl that says, I would, like, I would like to start me a church preacher. I need somebody, hey, stay with me. I'd like to start a church, but I ain't got the means to do it. Is everybody with me? Gosh, I, I hope y'all get this. I'm not asking you to take in a dime out of your, I'm not asking you to take one dime out of your household. I'm asking you to say, here, God, I ain't got nothing. But I know your will is to reach the uttermost. And God, if you'll trust me, I'll put what you give me in here. Aside from what my paycheck is. If you'll provide it, I'll do my part in reaching the uttermost. Thank you, Miss Hannah. You're amazing. Take this box. <laughs> I'm going to tell you all right now, when that grandbaby of mine comes up to me, Papa, I want to start a church. Hold on a minute. He goes to, I guarantee you when he goes to Brunswick and he tells Nanny Sharon, I'd like to start a church, but I need $400. Nanny's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> when he goes to Granddaddy in Brunswick and says, Granddaddy, I sure would like to, I sh mm, everybody all right? Granddaddy, Granddaddy, I sure would like to start a church. Granddaddy said, how, how many churches you want to start? <laughs> Wesleyan will come behind him with a box and say, me too. <laughs> and I want gummies. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling y'all, this thing has got me more excited about missions than I've been in a long time. I felt like for 11 years, all I've done is maintain something that somebody else handed to me. But for once, we have an opportunity to go above and beyond. Yeah. Brother David said this, $400 a church, right? He says, Brother Robbie, he says, I believe that your church could start 100 churches in the next two years. I was like, I need somebody to help me. This is my first thought. You've lost your mind. <laughs> Stay with me. We'll start 100 churches in a year. This ain't your average church. I believe that God, I believe we'll trust God for some things and that, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll break that mark. 
And so we got 200 boxes back there. It's okay. It's okay, Ms. Angie. We got 200 boxes back there. This is how it works. You take that box home, you fill it up, you bring it in here, you dump it out, you take that box back home, say, God, you can do it. If you did it once, you can do it again. And we'll keep right on. We'll build some churches for the glory of God to the uttermost where nobody else is reaching, nobody else is going to. No vacations in Mexico anymore. No vacations in Brazil. No vacations. Is everybody all right? No, no, no vacations in the Philippines. We're talking about reaching people where if they tell the gospel, they're liable to get the head cut off. That's the uttermost. We've avoided that as American missionaries because American missionaries can't get in there. Brother David and them figured out a way to get the gospel to every village and every person. I don't know if y'all caught this, but they have mapped out every single village. And their goal is to reach every single village. They're not going in there and starting a church, an American church where everything's receptive to them starting an American church. They're actually going into these villages into the uttermost among people that have never even heard the name of Jesus. God help us to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I love you. God, I sure am thankful, Lord, that you've allowed us to meet together tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the fire, God, that you put in my heart to missions. God, I'm going to take my box home. I'm going to try my best to be an example and a leader and fill up as many boxes as I possibly can, not in my power, not in my power, God, but in yours. Lord, I pray that you'd bless this undertaking. God, I pray, Lord, that we'd hear testimonies of how you have, God, just provided every step of the way. Lord, as we partner with the Timothy Initiative and Brother David, God, I'm so excited about seeing churches being planted in places where people have never even heard the gospel. I thank you for saving us. Thank you for a comforter that you sent to us that would dwell with us and be in us and give us power, God, to be witnesses. Lord, we give our lives to you, surrender to your will, knowing that, Lord, you're willing. You're not willing that any should perish. So, God, we're trusting you to use us as you use the churches of Macedonia to reach the uttermost. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.